Welcome to the Connectrio podcast. I'm Claire Perry, a primary teacher and Google Certified Innovator. During these episodes, we will hear from parents and teachers from around the world as they share their stories and experiences of effective and representative parental engagement. Hopefully, by listening to this podcast, you will be inspired to try some of these ideas in your own schools and classrooms. Welcome to this episode of the Connectio podcast, where we hear from Anna Strong. Anna is a parent of three primary school aged children, and it's really interesting to hear her thoughts on the differences between the engagement of different of the parents across the three children's um, experiences. And one of the things that she shared that was really interesting was the effect that um, having effective parental engagement in the early years can have on the rest of the school career of uh, children going forward. So that was really interesting. And we also touched on the parent council, the role of the parent council in decision making and um, how parents can get involved in the parent council and not just parents but the wider family as well. Really enjoyed this episode and it was great to listen back to it. It was recorded in the summer so it's taken a little while to get this episode out to you but I know that there's a lot in this episode that I hope you will enjoy. Welcome to the podcast Anna. Thank you. Lovely to have you with us today. Thank you so much. I wonder before we get started talking about all things parental engagement, if you want to introduce yourself to our listeners. Absolutely. Um, so as you say, my name is Anna. Um, I am mum to three primary school aged girls. Um, my eldest is just about to go into primary seven. So we're just kind of getting to the, the top end of primary school now. Um, I'm therefore kind of joining in this podcast very much from the parent side of things and um, with that hat on. I have in the past had a little bit of experience on the other side of the fence as I was a swimming teacher for about nine years, um, but but very much more the parent hat on when it comes to parental engagement chat. Fabulous and a really important perspective you're bringing with us, with you today. So thank you very much for giving up your time. Um, I wonder then, coming from the parent perspective, sharing your views, why do you think parental engagement is so important and not just that effective uh, family engagement? Why is it important to you? I think I'm just very conscious that it can make a real difference to what children can achieve. Um, I think that, you know, when they have that support from home and school working together, it can make a huge difference to their achievements, both in terms of kind of their, their academic achievements, where perhaps you know which bits to help them with a bit more, which bits to support them on, but also just in terms of their confidence growing um, and being able to share their successes at school, at home and their successes at home, at school. I think I just think it means an awful lot to the children to do that. Um, I know that, you know, certainly they always have great pride and enjoyment in being able to share the things that they've done well in. Um, and I think really it, it's just a really good way of becoming involved in your children's education um, and, and having an idea of how best to support them in it. Thanks so much for that. And I love the fact that you've highlighted that it is it goes both ways. There's something really powerful about children being able to share in class as well what they've been doing at home um, and, and it goes both ways. So that's that's thank you for highlighting that. I wonder then if you want to share some examples of effective parental engagement that you've experienced or that you know of. I think um, I should say I'm fortunate that I've had lots of examples of good parental engagement um, from, from through all of my children's um, schooling. But I guess in particular with one of my daughters, when she was in primary one, the teacher 
really put a very strong emphasis on not just parental engagement, but, but family engagement, um, organised a lot of opportunities for families to get involved, be in the classroom a lot, and actually sort of see school life, I guess. Um, so it was things like she had a volunteer rota um, to do one-to-one -one reading with the children each day in the classroom, which was of a huge benefit to them in terms of developing their reading skills in primary one. Um, but also meant that the people on that rota were, were spending an hour or so each week in the classroom, seeing how the classroom worked, what went on, seeing how their child interacted with other children, interacted with the teacher, um, perhaps pleasantly surprised that they listened more than they would have expected, perhaps just confirmed how they might have thought their child would be as a learner, but I, I think just felt much more part of it. Um, there were other opportunities, things like assemblies that the class did, um, mystery readers where you would go in and read a story to the class. And it wasn't only parents that did it. There were grandparents involved, um, older siblings from higher up in the school or if possible, even ones that were in secondary school, but perhaps had a time that they could come along and do something. So there was quite a range of different people involved. Um, and that then carried on with that class a lot into primary two, where again, there was quite a strong emphasis on engagement. There were parents going in, um, or not just parents, but people going in to help with the class topic work. So involved in all sorts of different things to do with their project. Um, they were going in to um, read to them in different languages. I remember that was going on as well. Um, some of them went in to speak about their careers because there was some, some medical chats. They went in and spoke about different areas of medicine. And I think just lots of opportunities to just be physically in the classroom. Um, now, I have to say that actually... I couldn't take part in very many of the opportunities myself because I was working and I had a younger child as well that I needed to be at home for when I wasn't at work. But my mum went along and did lots of them. And actually for my for my daughter, that was just as good. She, she got to have her gran there. Um, and, but I think what's been interesting for me is that as that class has continued up through the school, the level of parental engagement that I can see in that class is still a lot higher than in my other children's classes. And I'm conscious there could be all sorts of reasons behind that. You know, it's different groups of parents, perhaps different responsibilities outside of school. But I do think that having so much emphasis on it at the start of our children's schooling um, probably made a big difference. I think people got quite comfortable with the idea of being involved, became quite keen to be involved, um, perhaps felt more comfortable approaching teachers because they'd spent time with them in the school and maybe gotten to know them a little bit more than just seeing them take a line in and out at the start and end of a day. Um, and I think it's it's actually still paying dividends now that they're well they're about to be in primary five. I love that perspective there because often in schooling we have a class, particularly in primary. I know it's different in secondary. We have a class for that one year, and we do what we can um, in that one year, and then we often have to have to, depending on the class, it's very difficult um, to hand them on to a new teacher. Um, so it is really helpful to hear that perspective that you've seen them go through. You know, from primary one about to go into primary five. Just seeing the different levels of engagement and there were a couple of great examples in there um mystery reader is such a nice idea that it's it's um and, and I know other places will do mystery reader with the parents but widening it that much um just makes it so much more of a community feel doesn't it 
And, um, and often we talk about English as an additional language. So those children for whom English isn't their first language, a lot of our strategies are for um, translating things for our parents um, so that they can access what we're putting out. But actually bringing in home languages into the classrooms, um, I've seen that where you just see the look on a child's face sitting there going, I know what my mum's saying and now I can tell you and it's just fabulous. So thank you for sharing those examples with us. One of the things that kind of stops these, um, or there are a number of different things that stop some of these strategies from happening. I wonder if you want to share maybe what some of the barriers are um, to effective parental engagement, what you think those barriers might be. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, clearly over the last um, 18 months, COVID has, has been a barrier in, in various ways. It's opened up opportunities as well. You know, um, doing remote schooling with your children, you definitely get a different sort of insight, a different sort of engagement. So there's been opportunities through it as well. But it certainly has stopped some of those physically being in the classroom opportunities. I think we're generally time is the biggest barrier. And I think that's on both sides. Um, teachers' time is limited. What they have to get through in a school year, you know, they, they have to make sure they've got time for that. There's a lot of children in the classes, or certainly in, in my daughter's case, they're big classes, they're they're not in little classes. Um, so you know, to have effective engagement with each and every parent or, or wider family, that that's that's quite time consuming. Um, so I think time is a big barrier. It's also a big barrier for parents. Um, you know, I have worked throughout the time my children have been in primary school, there are three of them, not just one of them. And that that certainly limits the time and availability that you have, um, whether it's to physically go to things in school, whether it's to look over work that's sort of posted up for parents to see, um, it, it simply is a, a barrier to it. Um, and I think it's there for looking at different opportunities and different ways of engaging. And perhaps what works at one level won't always work at an older level. Perhaps, um, you know, digital opportunities. So the use of video conferencing. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, my husband was invited in to speak to my daughter's class um, about being an engineer um, and went and did that. But actually the, the time chunk out of his day to go and do that because he didn't work in the city centre. So by the time he travelled there and he'd done his talk and he'd travelled back to work, that was quite a chunk out of his day to go and do that. Whereas I suspect if that was being organised now, a parent would quite possibly appear on a video and it would take 15, 20 minutes out of their day and become so much easier for parents to volunteer and to do. So I think... I think time is a very big barrier, but I think there are ways around it. Um, I think also, you know, I've noticed with my children's school, there's a significant proportion of pupils use school transport or use the breakfast and after school clubs. And I think that is a bit of a barrier to parental engagement because those parents, those families aren't physically there dropping off in the morning, picking up in the afternoon. There's less opportunity for engagement with teachers, albeit that's a bit restricted at the moment anyway, but in the past. But also there's less opportunity for engagement with the other parents in the class as well. And, and I think often that makes a bit of a difference too, is, is, you know, once you have quite a few parents who are engaged, they can be quite good at getting other people involved in school life. Um, so I think, you know, those sorts of things are a challenge too. Um, and then language we touched on earlier. And I think that can be a real challenge as well, where you have um, a fabulously diverse school community, um, 
it's making sure that actually everyone can participate equally in school life and and in ways that they feel comfortable and confident doing um and i remember when my one of my daughters was in the actually in the school nursery rather than the primary part of the school but in the school nursery and it was wonderful because they organized quite a lot of things around different cultural events um and perhaps a parent would come in and speak about that event in their culture maybe do a little craft and um, there was one time that um some of the mums um did some indian dancing which was amazing um but that was a really nice way where, where they were able to come and share their culture i think it benefited their child to see their culture being celebrated it benefited the wider class learning about something different but also i think it was something where they found somewhere that we were they were comfortable and going actually that's something yes i could come and do that i could come and talk about that i know about that um, and it's perhaps trying to look at, at what might suit different parents. Um, not everybody's going to be comfortable doing the same things in school or volunteering in the same way. Absolutely. Yeah, thank you. That kind of leads on to the sort of last part of the uh, podcast episode, um, talking about representative parental engagement, particularly around, so you've talked about getting um, a, a wide mixture of our parents into the classroom. Um, and I think in Scotland, we're very fortunate in that we do have very active parent councils. And I know that that's something that a number of them are conscious of. How do we increase representation on our parent councils? I wonder if you have any ideas of how we might overcome those barriers um, to increase representative parental engagement. Well, I think being on a parent council myself, you're right, it's definitely something we're quite conscious of and, and wanting to be representative. Um, and we actually, we did a bit of a, a sort of a diversity audit within our, our own parent council, a very simple one where people sort of voluntarily filled in a form. But I guess that's the starting point is working out where you perhaps are already strong in that respect and where you're not. And I think that's a bit of a starting point. I think trying to work out why some people might not be participating um, is important. And in some cases, it's maybe an assumption that everybody knows what the parent council is, what it does, how it operates. And actually, if you're from, um, if you're from a different country where that's not the same setup, then perhaps just the concept of a parent council isn't an obvious one for you to go and volunteer for. I think there can also be kind of a an idea that once you're on the parent council, you're roped into everything forevermore. <laughs> so we, you know, we have to make sure that opportunities to get involved are are appropriate and aren't asking too much of parents. Um, you know, th those who want to get involved and have lots of time to do so, that's wonderful. But I think you need to make sure that there's smaller ways for people to be involved as well. Um, I think language again comes up you know are you communicating with people sending out parent council information and things like that in languages that they can readily access are you making it easy for them to access that information um and i think then a lot of it actually just comes down to in certainly in, in I, i've seen in our parent council a few parents who are really wonderful at just getting out into the playground and talking to people. It's how I ended up on the parent council was through one of them. <laughs> just nudging me along into doing it. I'm not sure I, I would have necessarily thought about it at the start of my children's schooling otherwise. Um, and again, that's been made a little bit more difficult during COVID. There's not quite the same opportunities for everybody to have a chat in the playground after school as there used to be but hopefully we can head back in that direction and it does take I think sometimes people to just go and 
approach different groups to those that they might automatically socialize with um, and, and just go and chat to them about what's going on, how they are finding things, get to know each other. Um, I'm fortunate and I'm in a school where there's very friendly parents, which makes that a lot easier. But <laughs> but we, we do need to be mindful of that, I think, and make sure that we are representing the school community and not just those who are on the parent council. Absolutely, yeah. And I think that's really, especially if it is the same people, obviously, if you've got more people involved, then it wouldn't be the same people all the time. And, but it's that sort of balancing act of saying, well, if you come along, you don't have to do everything. There are small opportunities. Um, so yeah, some great ideas there. And I think it's really important to think about what, what you mentioned about different um, countries, for example, they might not have a parent council. And I think it was, um, well, I know it was, um, Nijat Uthmani, when she was on season one of the podcast, she mentioned her parents um, when she was at school they in in their culture it's not appropriate to question the teacher about education and things like that so they never did it not because they didn't care or because they weren't engaged but that would have been seen as disrespectful where they had grown up so um it was about you know thinking about as you said who's not engaging perhaps thinking about why they're not and then um looking to see if we can overcome that or make things a bit clearer i think as well there's sometimes a, a perception that the parent council is there to do fundraising and Yes, you know, that that can be a really important part of it. But it, I think it's not always obvious how much input the parent council has in other ways into school life and, and perhaps sort of some of the the policies in the school and things like that. And, and just opportunities that being involved in that gives you to speak up on issues that are important to you. And I'm not sure that everyone really views a parent council in that way. I think what they see is the fundraising stuff. <laughs> And on that note as well, I would just say for any teachers listening, it's really interesting to go along to a parent council meeting if you can. Um, I've been very fortunate that teachers are welcome to come along. I'm sure that's, I presume that's the case across across the country. Um, but it is fascinating because you do learn a lot about the processes behind the scenes and things like that. So for, for teachers listening as well, go along to those meetings if you can. And um, I, I presume because a lot of it's online now, it's actually widened the, the access um, and, and we can see parents who perhaps couldn't give up that time before. Um, similar to, to your husband, the example you mentioned there, they don't have to factor in travel time, childcare in the same way. You're nodding along with me, which I hope means you agree that that's something yeah. you've seen. It, it has, certainly the numbers attending the meetings have been much higher um, during the pandemic than they were previously. Um, I'm sure that part of that is because, um, you know, parents have perhaps been especially keen to know what's going on at various stages during it. But I think a lot of it is just the practicality of it. Um, it's so much easier in between dropping children off to activities, picking them up, getting a meal cooked and everything else that tends to be going on around about the same time as a parent council meeting to be able to, to, to go in through Google Meets or something similar and do it that way um, rather than physically having gone somewhere. And I think that that has certainly made a difference um, to, the, to the meetings that I've been in, in in terms of who's joined them. 
and it just gives a different perspective, particularly if they weren't able to attend before. Absolutely. What's been really great about this conversation, Anna, thank you so much, is that you've reflected back to times where pre-COVID, where there were parental engagement strategies, that it's just been really positive to think about what we used to do. And hopefully it won't be too long before we can do those again, but also shared some examples of the ways that we've had to adapt and um, use technology. So I think going forward, it's a case of balancing that and looking at what worked and different different aspects so so thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today Anna we really appreciate it and I know our listeners will have a lot to take away from today's conversation thank you thank you it's been lovely thanks I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Connectrio podcast as always please let us know on Twitter or Instagram at Connectrio Ed what you thought of this episode if you have any questions or anything that you would like to share and please do share this episode with other listeners as well there are two seasons worth of episodes now that you can listen to if you've not already listened to previous episodes please do check those out this is the last regular episode we'll have for a while as there won't be any weekly episodes like we had uh, at the start of the the podcast there will be bonus episodes going forward though sporadic and um, less regular than weekly but please do get in touch on twitter or instagram if you would like to be a guest on the podcast if you would like to share your own experiences of parental engagement either as an educator a parent or someone connected with school in any way i'd love to hear from you and as always um please do get in touch if you have any questions or any thoughts on what we've discussed in these episodes thanks for listening